Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dottillo Coster, and today we're talking about money, honey. So since I've started consulting with entrepreneurs in their e-commerce business, I've come across a lot of you who are still unable to pay yourself a living wage from your company. Now, when you're just getting started, this makes perfect sense, especially if you started this as a side hustle, right? You just continue to invest all of that money back into your business to grow it which is awesome and smart and exactly what I'm doing with my business. But there comes a time, especially if you are in the six or seven figure revenue range, that you should be paying yourself. When I had my brick and mortar, I took a draw every two weeks. And that was with multiple employees and a good amount of overhead because it was a brick and mortar in a popular shopping area. I have started to see a pattern though. And we're going to dive into those today. And I just want to say, if this is you, I want you to listen up. Don't feel bad about this. Lots of entrepreneurs go through this. You're not alone. And if you think about it, I've run into this enough times that it inspired me to record a podcast about it. So obviously, it's not just you. So from here on out, We're going to do better with everything I'm talking about today and start to give ourselves a paycheck. Now, the root cause of all of this, why you feel like you don't have money, why your cash flow is all over the place, why you have nothing to pay yourself with is because you don't know your numbers. We're going to start high level first, and then I'll go into some more specifics and things that you should be looking at to help you do this better. The first thing that I want you to do is to start tracking your sales and KPIs, which are key performance indicators, on a weekly and monthly basis. Every single week, you're going to do this, and every single month, you're going to also do this. And then you should also be doing it quarterly, yearly, bi-yearly, half-yearly? What would that be? You get the point. It needs to be done on a regular basis. So really quick, let's talk about KPIs in case you don't know what those are or you haven't heard the term before. But those are things like your sales, your cost of goods, your conversion rate, your website traffic, all the numbers that play a role in the overall success of your business. So those are the things that you're going to want to look at regularly. If you're not already doing this, now is the time to start. If you don't know where you're at, you can't make educated decisions about what to do next. A couple of years ago, I worked with a women's leadership coach in a group program, 
And one of the things that we talked about was money and how to manage it. And one of my biggest takeaways from that program was the lesson that what you nurture grows, and that includes your bank account. Now, having worked in the retail industry for 20 plus years, I was no stranger to monitoring numbers and managing finances, but I hadn't done it quite as well in my personal life. As a young woman, I was terrible with money. As a grown-up, I was better, but I didn't have a penny saved, like at all. My husband and I started using the budgeting software YNAB for our finances. And I can tell you firsthand, the more time you spend with your money, the more money you will have. And this is true for your business too. So first things first, when you're done listening to this episode, scroll down to the show notes and click through to the webpage, sign up for this week's freebie. It's going to include a template for weekly reporting. It'll be a Google Sheet for you to track your sales. It's the same tool I use to monitor my own business and what I create for my clients. If you're already on my email list, check your inbox because I already sent it out to you. And just a side note, once you sign up for the email list, I will automatically send you all of the episode freebies so you don't have to go through the process of signing up again. Once you have that sheet, every Monday morning, you're going to fill out this sheet for the previous week. To get the full value out of this, please use Google Analytics. If you don't already have that set up, make sure you get that set up ASAP. It is not retroactive. So it's only going to start collecting data when you install it. In that case, pull analytics from your e-commerce platform. If you're on Shopify, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, whatever. Start with whatever you've got. After about a month or so where you've gotten the hang of this and it's your weekly ritual, you're getting it done, you can pass this off to a VA or someone else on your team. It really is below your pay grade to be filling the reports out, but in the beginning, it's better that you're the one that does it. I am a firm believer that before you outsource things, you should have an understanding of how to do it. You don't have to be an expert, but you should know the basics and what's required. Otherwise, how do you know if that other person is doing a good job? And this is really important when it comes to your accounting. I'm going to touch on that again in a little bit, but I just want to plant that seed. Once you hand off this weekly reporting, you still need to review it on a weekly basis. Let that be the first task that person completes each Monday morning so that you can review it later in the afternoon. And the funny thing is, my e-commerce clients always tell me that this is one of the most powerful tools that I provided them. And it's something I've been doing so long and I just honestly take it for granted. And I even wondered if it was something I needed to bother like sharing. I was like, are people going to think this is like stupid? But Apparently not. So I'm really glad that it helps my clients so much and it continues to serve them long after our time together. And I hope that it does the same for you. All right. So let's dig into a few other areas you should be focusing on. 
Each of these could honestly be their own fucking episode. So I'm just going to start with broad strokes, but it should be enough to get you started, start wrapping your head around these concepts and start implementing this sort of analysis in your business. If you want to dig deeper on any of these, like if you listen to this and you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Come on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group and let's chat about it. Just ask your questions in the group and I will chime in to help you out. All right. This is the biggest culprit of why you don't have money in your business. You are overspending on inventory. Here's the deal. We all do this. I have done this. And I went to school for fashion merchandising, which is literally buying. Like, that's what I learned. And I've still done this. I've still screwed this up. That's okay. The trick is we need to nip it in the bud ASAP and start taking action to move some of that inventory out to free up cash and then learn how to better manage our inventory moving forward. It's really hard to speak generally about this because every business is different and it depends on the life cycle of your product, its seasonality, your particular lead time for new products or replenishment. But I'm going to share a concept that should help you understand how to approach it and hopefully manage it better. So for this exercise, we're going to assume you already know how much inventory you have on hand which may or may not be true. But in this case, we're going to pretend that you do. Now I want you to think about how long is it going to take you to sell through that inventory? So let's say you have 100 units of something and you sell five units per week. That means you have 20 weeks of stock on hand. So the concept, the term is weeks of stock. Now, whether or not that's good or bad is completely dependent on your business. If you sell an evergreen consumable product that people buy over and over again and you have a long lead time, then 20 weeks of stock could be a good, comfortable position for you. So let's say you have a four-week lead time, right? From the moment you place your order to the moment you're checking in that new merchandise. That would mean you would want to reorder roughly about every 13 to 15 weeks. It's nice to have a little extra cushion for delays because you just never know. Or maybe you have a random spike in sales that you didn't anticipate. This way you know that you always have that product on hand to sell. On the flip side, If you have a trendy clothing boutique and your lead time is only a week or so, you probably want to be closer to about four to six weeks of stock. Otherwise, you may never sell it. It could be out of season. If you have 20 weeks of stock on hand, that item's going to be out of season before you can even sell through it. If you have a wide assortment of product, the easiest way to start doing this is by looking at your product by category. So we're going to use a clothing boutique as an example here. You would look at tops and figure out your weeks of stock on tops. And then you would do it for dresses and for jeans and for shoes and for jewelry. And you want to look at all of those separately because you're not going to sell them all at the same rate. Something like jeans, right, is a little bit more evergreen than tops or dresses are. So you do need to judge these things all separately. And this brings me to one more point. 
You also have to know how much each of those categories contributes to your overall business. I'm going to use an example of dresses here because this is something I fucked up in my boutique. We all do this. It happens. Don't feel bad. You just want to do better. So let's pretend that dresses only make up 5% of your total sales, right, for your whole website. But they make up 15% of your inventory assortment. So of your $100,000 of inventory that you have on hand, 15 grand of that is dresses. But you only sell like five grand. You're never going to be able to sell through that inventory if you keep bringing on more dresses. You're going to be overstocked in that like forever. And your cash is all going to be tied up in a category that doesn't contribute to your business. But at the same time, you want to keep your performing categories fresh. So you're going to keep spending money on those. And then you're really going to have nothing left for yourself. So if this is happening to you, maybe you don't know. You have to go look at your numbers and figure it out. So look at your categories, okay? How much inventory do you have on hand in each category? How much are you selling? Look at your weeks of stock and figure out percentage-wise what it's contributing. And you might need to just mark some stuff down to move it out so you can take that money and put it into a category that actually sells. Double down on what's working. Drop what's not. That's always going to be a winning formula in everything. The other thing that I see happen a lot is your margins are just too low. If you're only doubling the wholesale cost to price your product, your prices are too low. Product margins can be an episode all on their own. So I'm just going to focus on a few key things that I want you to start thinking about. First thing is, if you're not already keeping track of your margins, start doing that now. Shopify added a cost field, I don't know, a year ago, longer than that. I couldn't, can't even tell you. Make sure you have that filled in for your products. So Shopify will show you your margin in the analytics. If your bookkeeper or accountant, even if that's you, if you're still doing that yourself, if they're not generating a monthly profit and loss statement, a P&L, it's time to start doing this. This is where you're going to see your overall sales, your cost of goods, your expenses for the month, what went out for shipping, what went out for payroll, for marketing, all of that stuff. And it will tell you whether or not you made any money that month. And if your accountant doesn't understand the retail business, get a new accountant. Period. End of story. And one more note about margins. You don't have to have the same margin across all categories, okay? So maybe you buy, and I'm just going to use like how my boutique was, right? So I sold a lot of brand name high-end denim, right? Because that's what my customer wanted. But they had map pricing, and MSRP. So I had to sell those at the same price everybody else did. I didn't have control over that. And the margin on those wasn't great, but my customer wanted them. 
So you balance that out by buying other things that you can get a higher margin on. So maybe that's jewelry and accessories. Maybe that is some no-name branded stuff that nobody will know the difference and you mark that up three times. On average, you want your overall gross margin to be like 60 to 65% if you're going to make any money. And this is, of course, assuming you run a full retail operation with all of your own fulfillment and everything. If you are drop shipping items, your margins are going to be lower because you're basically paying those expenses up front, right? The fulfillment and all of that stuff. So you're not going to get those margins. Um, And that would be normal. So all of these things are relative. You have to think about how they apply to your business. And lastly, you might be spending money in the wrong places. So from your marketing activities to your supplies, your shipping, and even possibly your team. These are all numbers you need to look at every single month. All of this information will be on your P&L. Like I said, if you're not already looking at this, make sure you start. And this is especially specific to your business, so I really don't have any numbers I can give you. But make sure you're looking at your ROI on all your individual marketing activities. Assess your shipping supplies and fees. Make sure your team is productive and a positive asset to the business and that you are taking full advantage of them. Like they're not just a butt in a seat, right? Like they need to contribute. And when it comes to your shipping, look, the way things are today, thank you, Amazon, you're probably going to lose money on shipping. That's just kind of the way it is. The goal is to lose as little as possible. If you can break even, like you're totally winning you're probably not going to make money on it and that's okay. It's a cost of doing business, but you need to calculate that in and look at those numbers and just pay attention and see where all the money is going. And maybe that means, you know, somebody mentioned the other day in the Facebook group, one of the ways that she cut um, her expenses is she stopped printing custom boxes. Her customers didn't fucking care. It doesn't matter. Like, get some pretty packaging that feels on brand. If you want to, maybe you just get custom um, tape, right? It doesn't need to be custom boxes. Like think about how you can cut some of those frivolous things that feel fancy, but are truly unnecessary and are going to end up in the garbage anyway. (laughs) It's kind of like how I proposed the idea of sending digital invitations to my wedding instead of paper invitations, which got vetoed. Um, I did win on doing only online RSVP. I didn't send out RSVP cards with stamps and envelopes for the stuff that people never send back. Like I, even I am guilty of not sending those back. So just be really conscious and focus on delivering great customer service and offering products they want. Like they don't care if it's just a plain white box. They really don't. And when it comes to the marketing stuff, you know, not everything is going to have an immediate ROI. And some of it might not have a monetary ROI. Sometimes it's really just about exposure and visibility. And that's okay when that's what you intended it to be. 
And you know that when you drop this money down, that it's about visibility. And it's okay if you don't see that revenue back, you know, within the next six months or a month or whatever it is. But make sure that's the intention behind it. At the end of the day, this is a business, not a hobby. So your business needs to be able to pay you. How much it pays you, that's 100% up to you. Everyone has different goals for their business. You live in different places. What it costs to live is so different around the country or wherever you're listening. So, you know, maybe it's just pocket money for you and you just want to have a little something extra to like go brunch with the girls and get your nails done and that's fine. And if that's the case, awesome. But if you are building a business that you want to be able to support your family, give you more freedom so that you can spend more time with your kids, travel more, whatever it is that you're hoping this business does for you, you're not going to get there if you're not paying attention to this stuff. Ultimately, to you know, you've got to step up as the CEO and look at your numbers regularly. Make it a habit. Make it a weekly ritual. Start with the spreadsheet in this week's freebie. It's focused on that high-level stuff we talked about in the beginning to get you started. We'll go deeper into all of these concepts over the course of this podcast. We're going to talk about it on social and in the group. I mean, every one of them could be their own episode, and they probably will be. If nothing else, I hope I've inspired you to Really dig deep on your numbers and start looking at every nook and cranny of your business. If somebody asks you how many weeks of stock you have on hand of a category, you should know. You should know that jeans generate 50% of your business. You should know that jewelry is 15% of your business. You should know all that stuff. And when you start looking at all of that on a regular basis, it will be like ingrained into your brain. I mean, my boutique, I've been in California for, I think I'm on nine years. So that's how long ago I had my store. Like I still remember, I can picture the product I had, right? And I can remember what I didn't sell even when I was closing up shop to move, like what I had left in bins and I donated. So like it will ingrain in there. You just have to be looking at it on a regular basis. One last note before I leave you today. While it can seem like a good deal if you buy more units of something, right? Whether it's a product, your packaging, supplies, whatever, right? We feel like, okay, yeah, let's get that unit cost down. So we're going to buy a shit ton of them. If all your cash is tied up in that one thing and you have nothing left to market your business or to pay yourself, then it probably wasn't worth shelling out all of that cash in the first place. So before you get starry-eyed at some really good deal or a vendor is trying to unload their crap on you, think about your business first. Can you actually move that stuff? Can you move those units? Or are you going to be sitting on that shit? Is it going to get dusty in your back room? Put your business first. Think like a CEO. Don't get emotionally attached to your inventory. 
We've all been guilty of this, myself included. That's how I ended up with way more dresses than I could ever fucking possibly sell because my women just wanted jeans and tops. That's what we, it was jeans and nice tops with heels. Like that's all we wore. So like I said at the beginning of this episode, if this is you, it's okay. Don't feel bad about it. We all make these mistakes. We just need to do better going forward. Start by downloading the freebie. Start by running your numbers every week and month. Get all your shit together. Pay attention to what's going on. Set aside time for it. This is really important. It's really important. Don't let it be the last thing on the list. It's more important than an Instagram post. I promise. I promise. Okay. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you again for all of your wonderful feedback about the podcast. And until next time, I will see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.